This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This is Behind the Rose, where Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between. Here's your host, Blake Horseman. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Behind the Rose. I'm Blake Horseman, joined by my buddy, Eric, as well as our guest today, season 27 champion, Sharna Burgess. How are you? Good. I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm stoked to chat with you all today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm super excited for today because, yeah, I've uh, been watching this show for a little while, so uh, I'm excited to yeah get some behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. Yes. We need to get Blake on the show. Yeah, yeah, at some point. How have you done it yet? I Dancing's kind of my thing. I'm not going to lie. Wait, I would love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, love big time. Love to dance. Wait, he's, you- he, he's, he's, a, he's a side act at Stagecoach. <laughs> Got, it. Got it. Well, I'm going to need to say some of this dancing and maybe I'll pitch oh, okay. you. Deal, yeah. Prove it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to prove it. Awesome. Um, so are you in LA right now? Are you? I am. Yeah. You are? Yep. Been there for a while? Because I know you've, you were just announced for the next upcoming season, right? We were just announced like a few days ago. That's what I thought. Um, but we, I was stuck in Australia because of COVID for a while. Oh. I was there working. I judged Dancing with the Stars over there. And then uh, COVID hit and there were no flights leaving. So oh. I ended up being there for six months. I got back mid to late June. Uh, and I've just been hanging out here, you know, adjusting to the new normal. And was stoked when Dancing with the Stars called me and said they wanted me back this season. So That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, I was excited to hear it. So you were actually in LA before they announced you on the new season. Yes. Oh, okay. LA is my home. Like this is my house. I bought it three years ago. LA has been my home now for like nine. Gotcha. So you were just working in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Every year to judge Dancing with the Stars in Australia, Uh, and it has been at the start of the year. But I think next year we're going to do it in the middle of the year. But yeah, trying to figure out. Yeah, everybody's trying to figure out. Yeah. So. What's the, is there a lot of difference or is it pretty much the same between like the American Dancing with the Stars and the Australian Dancing with the Stars? Pretty similar? It's exactly the same to the version before, to the last one that I did, to so the season with Bobby Bones. They changed the set now that it's a little bit different in the way that it works. The American one uh, has gone through a whole revamp like the last two years, but the Australian one uh, modeled it off the, the version before this because they loved that the most. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, it looks the set looks exactly the same. Oh, really? The American one. It is exactly the same. Oh, wow. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, right now, like you just got announced, you're going to be on the next season. Like, what do your days look like now? Are you, because you don't know who your partner is, right? No, I don't know. I, I believe we're going to meet them in like about a week, but then we're also not allowed to tell anyone because they're going to announce it on the actual first show. So, uh, and this that's oh, wow. a first for me when you can't just announce who you're with and, and have a good time with it. So uh, we'll see how that works. I believe we're going to start rehearsing this week. Right now oh, we're, wow. going, we're having COVID tests every day. We're, uh, you know, just laying low and making sure we're health and safe, uh, we're healthy and safe before mm-hmm. we go into the situation. But uh, other than that, I feel like I went from doing absolutely nothing for months absolutely nothing to mm. now I don't have enough hours left in the day for all the things I needed Ooh, organize, you know, get yeah. to it's crazy. Not bad. I forgot yeah. how to be busy. <laughs> no, actually right. we, we feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. Like, I do. I go out one night and then I'm like, I'm going to lay in bed for three days. Cause like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm not <laughs> yeah. used to it. Yeah. Totally. Um, they do that different though. This year's different than, cause they used to announce them before. Right. 
and then you guys would have like a whole like reveal going into the before I, the first yeah yeah, yeah we used to do a whole like partner reveal i think it was on gma yeah. um and the but it's just different now the way that it works they want to keep that suspense so people find out who's dancing with who on the live show uh which i think is really cool yeah no i think it'll be interesting yeah it'd be kind of cool yeah yeah um, and then as far as COVID, how is that? Work? Are you like isolated right now? Are you guys going to be in a bubble? How is that going to work? I, will, I actually thought that we would do like what the yeah. NBA is doing and go down to Disneyland and just bubble <laughs> it. But it becomes very, very difficult when you have, you know, some of the pros have kids. They can't mm-hmm. be away from the kids for three. Like it, it's a lot of things that went into it. And so they've come up with a really incredible system. We're, we're tested every day. They're separating the married couples on the show. So they're, one of them's going to be living in a hotel and they're not allowed to see each other for those three months. Wow. They're closer than eight feet to each other. The only person I can be closer than eight feet to is my partner. Whoa. Uh, and we get tested every day. Obviously, when we go to the rehearsal studios, we, everyone is cleared from the, the halls and the space that you walk through. You will never pass another person. The cameras aren't going to be in the room. The producers won't be in the room with us. They'll be kind of big brother style with cameras that are in the room uh, and then they're monitoring them from a control booth, so to speak, and, and catching all the footage and then speaking to us over a speaker, I guess, if they, if they want to chat to us, which I think is wild, but also brilliant, you know, yeah. and it might work better because if you don't have human beings in the room with you, other people might be more inclined to just forget cameras are there and relax and be really organic and vulnerable and, and real. And yeah. so I think maybe it's actually going to be super dope. That's actually, yeah, that's super interesting. Cause that some, something I want to talk about today was what it's like to try and get, except I guess a lot of those, you know, the like stars that are dancing with you guys have been around cameras and stuff and producers for that matter for a while. But is that play a big part into like how you guys perform? Well, not perform, actually practice more than any, because it seems like cameras are always there when you guys are practicing too. They are. They have to be. It's also a a health and safety thing. You Mm. know, if someone goes down, gets injured, you want to make sure you have footage of it. So they roll at all times. Uh, But yeah, for some people, even if they're used to being on camera, this is a situation where we're asking people, people to truly be themselves, do something they're not good at, be absolutely vulnerable and also try their best and then share their story. Like it's a lot for the people that come on the show to be able to open up to it. And when you're rehearsing in the room, a lot of the time that a producer will come up with a camera and be like, Oh, you know what? We're trying to catch in on that moment, you know? And you're like, you feel them there. And sometimes it can, it can stop what that is. Uh, it, or the flow of it, I guess. And so maybe this is what will be quite cool with things just capturing it. Like yeah. I call it big brother style, but like just capturing what they need to. Um, and I think it will take away for some people, the nerves of having like feeling super watched by a camera, but there are obviously other people that just don't even recognize that they're yeah, there exactly. and just fully open and do their thing. So we'll see. Yeah, this is going to be like a season that we've never really seen before. So it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, for sure. And we got a good friend on it, Caitlin Bristow. Good friend of ours is on it. So People are super stoked that she's on. Yeah. She's got a huge fan base. She's loved by a lot of people. So I'm really excited for her. Yeah, uh, it's going to be super fun. Yeah. I will be honest, it's going to be a tough call. We had a Bachelorette win last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we thought about that. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. No one's saying she can't. We've had football players win back-to-back seasons and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but and it, from what I know, people love her, but it is going to be tough. She's going to want to be exceptional. 
Yeah, she's gonna have to be incredible. Yeah, because you said they don't want people don't want to see another bachelorette win. They're like, get out of here with that. They want diversity, but at the same time, mid season they fall in love with who they fall in love with. True. And then they, then they rally and then they vote. So you never really know. Good point. It's a good point. So, when? How long have you been on Dancing with the Stars now? Oh gosh, since um, like nine years, nine and a half. Holy years. cow! Long time. It used wow, to really long. A year. There was a lot of seasons. Yeah, a lot of partners, a lot of seasons. Yeah, a lot of partners, a lot of seasons. I think it's fourteen partners. Holy cow! Fourteen partners I've had. I can't quite remember. Don't quote me on that. Someone will call me out because I probably got it wrong. But there's there's been there's been a lot. And when I look back at it, my first season was Andy Dick. Oh uh, wow. Which was like had to be hey, you're a pro. Here's the deep end now swim. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, he's he's wonderful and I I have so much love for him. He was completely sober throughout the show and it became his his uh his tool, his vice, his mm-hmm. thing, his other thing he got addicted to, and he was so in it and so sweet. Um, and you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people struggle with addiction in, in their lives and you can't, you can't judge if you've never been through it or witnessed it with someone you love, they're demons, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, my heart breaks for him, but I think he's actually doing great right now. Yeah. So I, ha- I feel like he has been out of the media, which is a good thing. Like I haven't read anything about him. So that's usually a good sign. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. So of your 14, who would be, and you probably get asked this a lot, who would be your favorite part? Not just like dancing, but like the, you know, your favorite like season, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, honestly, my favorite season, it's two. There's two seasons I can't separate. And then there's a close third. Uh, but my, my top two for very different reasons was Noah Galloway, who was a double amputee war vet. And it was such a turning point for me and how much I had to learn and push and grow to be the best coach choreographer to him. And we ended up becoming absolute family uh, we still talk all the time. Oh, wow. He is he is a superhero in my eyes. And dancing with him changed the way I looked at dance. It it changed the way I taught it. That I didn't want him to be this totem pole that people would feel sorry for, like, oh, you know, he's doing so well. Like I wanted him to dance. And so I would study how his prosthetic worked and and see what the swing speed was and if we could play with it and try and figure out how I could possibly make this man actually dance and we figured it out and it was absolutely dope and oh god it was it was an amazing season and then the other one is james hinchcliffe who was a race car driver he's an indie driver actually coming up this sunday he's in the indy 500 starting in sixth position um <laughs> he was like he's a soulmate of mine like he's my long lost brother i've not i've had to have known him in another life because from day one so comfortable, laughed at everything, every adversity that we got, everything we stressed out about, we laughed at. And it was the easiest thing in the world. And his uh, girlfriend at the time, now wife, also became a good friend of mine. I just choreographed their wedding dance a year ago for them. Uh, You know, they've become family to me. So for those reasons of the experience and the family aspect, they're my favourites. And then also the close third is Bobby. Mm-hmm. You know, he's another incredible human and I won my first Mirable with him and watching him work so hard every day and, and push and push and push was inspiring. And uh, I have so much love for him too. Yeah. That must have been incredible winning that. I remember watching it and I remember your face and like everybody like, yeah, you were like, 
Wait. Huh? <laughs> so great. Like, this oh, is so this is the one I went. This is the one that I went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the season, the season previous, you, you took second with Josh, right? And Josh was dope. Like I actually think if we had a full season, Josh would have won because people loved him a lot. It was just it was that weird four week athlete. Mm, I remember that, yeah. Uh, but our freestyle crushed it. It was uh like a Super Bowl type of style. It was a football. It was super dope. Uh, but it was a different format. And so we ended up not winning. It, it, that happened to me so many times. It was like so close. Everyone thinks you're going to win. You're standing there thinking you're going to win it. And then complete devastation. <laughs> when they called someone else's name. Trying to not cry and look like an absolute idiot on television. And then... In there. Blake's yeah. done quite a bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> Cried quite a few times on national television, Sharna. So. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so many times. Yeah, but I always fucking I always regret it afterwards. <laughs> like, God. <laughs> you know why did I do that? Yeah. That hard, Blake? God. Yeah. Why? <laughs> then with Bobby Bones, I was like, we were standing there like, no, like right. Super, well, thanks for the good time, guys. Like making the finalists super dope. <laughs> they called our name and I was like <laughs> Both of you, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. No. Uh, but yeah, and you can never predict what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's so true. So who actually, I'm going to see if you can answer this. What would be out of all of the dances you've done? What's your favorite dance you've ever done on the show? That I've done? Right. Yeah. 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 Not like the style, but the actual dance and like, yeah, the, the partner and everything. It's so, that's hard. probably a hard question. Right. I, I absolutely loved Noah Galloway's most memorable year to American Soldier and the story that we told of him. I did this mirror trick with him where I doubled his right side in the mirror. So with the camera trick, it looked like he was standing there like Um, with all four limbs. And as we pulled around and pulled back, it was him looking at himself in the mirror as he is today. And it was the journey of him accepting and going through that and understanding you know, that he's still a soldier and he's an incredible man and overcoming his, you know, ugh, his loss and his injuries. Um, that was huge and emotional and beautiful. I think creatively one of my favourites would have been my freestyle with James Tinchcliffe, which was another telling a story of when he had a major crash and he flatlined for about three and a half or four minutes and it was what happened to him within that time. Within that space of time, how did he fight to come back? And it was super dope. Uh, and then probably my freestyle with Josh. The freestyle with Josh was really freaking cool. I'm going to have to go back and watch some of these, especially yeah. that the one with Noah. Wow. Yeah. It goosebumps. Was, That's incredible. It was amazing. Um, I love creating like that. You know, I always try and put a, a something real and true into to a dance. And when I have these people with incredible stories that are ready to be vulnerable and tell it, uh, and mind you, cracking Noah open was a mission because he's, he's a soldier, yeah. you know, he's like everything's fine. Uh, and to get him to be vulnerable was was really wonderful. But I I love that stuff so much. So I'm excited to be back and hopefully can do it again. I love the way you like you sound so passionate about dance. Like as a like if you were like a, as a partner, like I'd be so motivated. I feel like if you were like my partner, like you passionately talk about it so much. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, How long have I, you been dancing? Like since day one? Yeah, just, it's now that I'm 35, it's awful to say that I've been dancing for like when someone says, How long have you been dancing? 
I can actually say 32, no, 30, 31 years. I've been dancing wow. for 31 years. That's devastating. <laughs> I'm just going to say most of my life. How about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? 31 years. They're trying to do the math. They're like, wait. <laughs> Shit. So what did you do before Dancing with the Stars? Um, a lot of different things. Shoot, well, Dancing with the Stars found me because I was on Broadway in 2009 with a show called Burn the Floor, as were a lot of the cast, actually, um, not of the Aussies. And uh-huh. they approached me then. I was still under contract for another, I think it was 18 months, and I ended up joining Dancing with the Stars in 2011. Before that, I was a bit of a, like, I was a, oh, that tour of uh, Burn the Floor that was on Broadway, I toured with for about six years. Oh, uh, and I lived in London for a few years prior to that training for dancing. I moved when I was 18. I was like, I know what I want. I know what I need to do. And my parents were like, what? Saved up my money, got a ticket, went to London, realized it was incredibly difficult and expensive. Uh, had a super hard two years of, you know, just slugging it out like you do the hustle. And then somehow got picked up for that Burn the Floor tour and it literally changed my life. It led everything to here. I mm. could never have imagined I was going to end up in television ever. I thought I was going to be a world champion ballroom dancer, go back to Australia, own a dance studio and teach. <laughs> How I ended up here, I do not know, but I am grateful for it every day. That is wild. Yeah, you're, I mean, yeah, the, I, we always talk about that, especially with like, you know, we do have a lot of musicians on here and stuff. I mean, even being in the bachelor world, like one little like thing can completely change your life. Like two years ago, I never would have thought I'd be doing the things I do, you know, and musicians, they talk about one concert and there happened to be somebody sitting in the crowd, you know, and they just saw him and like their life completely changed. So everybody's, it seems like everybody's kind of got one of those stories. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's, they're amazing stories, aren't mm-hmm. they? It's like, yeah. and you forget that you have one of them. Like I forget that I, that, that changed my life. I look at other people with those stories, like they got picked out of the crowd and you're like, Oh, that's so amazing. What a miracle. <laughs> like, oh no way that actually happened to me. You know, <laughs> it's crazy when you look back at your life and realize the opportunities that you've had and how you got here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Nine years doing one thing for nine years, let alone a television show, is insane. Like that's crazy. It's crazy. It's the longest relationship I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's awesome. Um, awesome. So I guess you know I was wondering, you know, this upcoming season, what is a day to day? Because I've heard stories about you guys like basically dancing for like thirteen hours a day, like 12, 13 hours a day. Like, what does a day to day look like when you guys are you know rehearsing for? one of your shows so for my last season I don't know if for COVID restrictions they'll have us in shorter blocks of rehearsal like there might be a lot we have a lot of couples so we're probably gonna have shorter days in the beginning but at least pre-COVID you would start with like four hours a day in the beginning of the season which is just to ease you into it Mm -hmm. but somewhere around week three week four of the competition when you're gearing up for double dances you end up doing eight hours a day and then somewhere near the end of the competition you could be there for 12 hours dancing that's insane and you guys get like they're real injuries like it's real what you guys do like i remember seeing these some of the injuries yeah yeah they're real i mean it happens you know we've we try pretty like daring things with people especially the girls that are asking guys to throw them around and lift them Mm -hmm. you know we have to be very very careful but sometimes things go wrong uh and the same with the guys that are lifting women that 
might be teeny tiny and 90 pounds, but if you don't know how to be lifted, you can actually feel like a dead weight and hurt someone. Uh, so everything is about technique and taking care and making sure you're safe, but you can't help it. Sometimes it happens. I've slipped on the dance floor and tore my MCL a few seasons ago. You know, fluke accident, stood on a skirt. You know, dance is not for the faint-hearted. It's pretty intense and you can, you can injure yourself. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I remember watching some of those dances. I went to a live recording um, last season when Hannah was dancing and I was shook. Like some of those dances, I was like, oh my God, this is really good. I was like, we're super into it. I was like, this is way better in person. And I was yeah. like, these be like athletes, real athletes. Like you guys are actual athletes, not just, you know, and, and you kind of spoke on it earlier, like trying as a pro trying to get that, you know, the other person to dance and like to do certain things. It's got to be really hard to be able to like almost lead while them leading you kind of like that's got to be hard. Yeah. I mean, for the women, especially on the pro, uh, on the, like on the pro side, we, everything in ballroom dancing is designed for us to follow. So we're mm -hmm. always in the submissive position. Our arms are resting on top, our hand, like the way it's positioned is the, so the man has the power, right? But when you have someone that doesn't know how to lead that, we call it back leading. You're then trying to lead from the submissive position. The girls come out with like stacked back muscles at the end of the season. <laughs> it's just like you are working out constantly trying to move a man around the floor. Uh, and it's really hard to teach how to lead. You know, you definitely try every time. Some people grasp it, some people don't. Uh, but it is, it's intense. And we are definitely athletes. At the same time, we have to be therapists and best friends and understand how people work. It's a super intense job. And all the pros on that show are amazing at not just choreographing, but teaching and listening and, um, you know, becoming friends with someone quickly, which is what you have to do to be able mm -hmm. to build that chemistry. It's a whole gig. Like, yeah, I, was say, damn. I don't know what you guys get paid, but you need more. I feel like you need to raise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, real quick. I want to talk to you about care of vitamins and supplements. I've been taking these vitamins lately and I don't know about you guys, but when I go to the store, you walk down an aisle and there are different vitamins and supplements and all kinds of things. And it can be really confusing. So the cool thing about care of is it's hassle-free vitamins and supplements delivered straight to you. So your recommendations come in daily, individually wrapped packets that are perfect for getting back into a routine. You go online, you take a five-minute quiz, it asks you questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health concerns to help address your specific wellness goals. So for me, when I went online and did this quiz, basically it said that I don't take enough dairy, so I have to take some calcium plus vitamins. I don't get enough fruit in my diet. So I have to take some B complex vitamins. And then also it says for me, the best kind of protein would be the plant-based protein. So I would get the plant-based protein in the mail, as well as my B complex and calcium vitamins, all individually wrapped for me each day. Care of products are formulated with good for you, clean ingredients that are backed by science. Care of is super transparent about the research and sourcing behind every one of their products with extensive info available on their websites and fun, informative content on their social pages. So if you want to get some care of vitamins delivered straight to you for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code BlakeH50. That's 50% off with code BlakeH50. Go get you some care of vitamins and supplements now. All right, now back to the pod. I've always wondered what it was like as like being one of the female pros. Cause yeah, I mean, so I do dance. I like do more like country swing dancing and that kind of thing. But like I lead, I can't imagine me not knowing and a woman trying to lead, but also making it look like I'm still leading. Like yeah. that would be incredibly hard. Incredibly yeah. hard. 
hard. It's well definitely respected. hard. That's why sometimes like movement can be very simple or restricted. It's like the, t- the, the tricks that you have, the smoke and mirrors, the, the few moves that you can get them to do right. How can you build on them and make them look different every time? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it's a strategy. When you get your partner, you have to figure that out. What are their capabilities? What are their weaknesses? What am I working with? What's my like vocabulary of movement that I can work with every week? And, you know, it's, but I love that too. It's like a puzzle that you have yeah, to figure out. Big challenge. Yeah. 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 That's probably pretty cool. Are they going to have a live audience this year? Do you know? No, definitely. I figured not, but yeah, dang it. Caitlin <laughs> finally makes it on and then we can't go watch her. Dang it. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. We can. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That we definitely can't have an audience. We are taking every precaution. Yeah. We have, you know, like limited number of people and in even the ballroom, I would say. We've still got to have the meeting where they're telling us all the ins and outs uh, of what's happening. Uh, but we know for sure there is no uh, no audience. It's way too risky. You, ca- you can't take care yeah. of that. I mean, I completely uh, yeah, anticipated that, yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. There's someone jackhammering outside my house. Can you hear that? Or is it just me? No? I don't think I, I can hear it a little bit. Yeah. Oh, can you? Yeah. It's all right. That's what Eddie's here for, you know? You might want to check outside. That might be Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, awesome. Um, <laughs> and that's why he has a courtroom sketch. <laughs> yeah. He was actually on trial. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, what, Eddie? You gonna say something? No. I don't. That wasn't him. No. Um, so we always like when we have you know contest you know guests on here and everything. We kind of ask what's like moving forward. What you want your like legacy to be? And I think you actually would you know because usually we kind of ask you know musicians that can't really ask bachelor people that we can ask musicians that and everything. Um, but I think you definitely fall in that category because I think. Like I said, like the way you, how passionate you are about dance and what you do can, you know, motivate and can inspire a lot of people. So like, what is kind of the legacy you want to leave behind, you know, going through Dancing with the Stars and all that, or just in life in general? I mean, that's a really big dude. What's my legacy? Ah! Um, I'm always, I've always and for a long time been a lot more focused on, on giving a message to, you know, everybody, yes, but young girls that were like me when I grew up that had these big wild dreams and never really knew how I was going to make it happen, but somehow just kept going, somehow followed my instincts and went through every emotional roller coaster under the sun and every knockback you could imagine. But somehow I ended up with an even bigger dream than I knew I could dream of, if that makes sense. And so for me, it it is about that passion. It's about if you have something that you love, if you wake up in the morning and you think about it and you go to sleep and you're thinking about it and you believe in it and maybe nobody else does, all you need is that solid belief in yourself. There is is so much uh, proof out here that you can take anyone's story and understand it took them a really hard road to get there. So the point is, believing in yourself and just not giving up. I know that sounds super cheesy, but there were so many times in my life where I was about to, I was about to quit. I was about to go back, go back to Australia. I'm done. I can't take it anymore. And there was something that was like, no, no, you have to keep going. You have to keep pushing. And so I followed that voice instead. I went the harder route and ended up with more than I could have ever imagined. And so for me, it's just dream as big as you possibly could. 
and know that you could probably go bigger. Ooh, I like that. Dream as big as you possibly could, but no, you can go bigger. I like that a lot, actually. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Um, and me and Eric have talked about this. I know, you know, he's mentioned how you're pretty passionate about mental health and everything as well. And I, I am as well. I, I went through some some shit, to say the least, um, during my seasons and everything. And so I've become very passionate about, you know, like breaking the stigma around therapy uh, and just, you know, reaching out for help and anxiety and depression and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it sounds like that what you kind of just talked about is it has a lot to do with that, you know, wanting to quit, but pushing through. Um, and so, I mean, if you want to just kind of speak on that a little bit and how you've gotten through, you know, some of those, cause I'm sure there's a ton of pressure with what you do and a ton of hate, you know, you get the hate, you got the trolls on the internet, you got all of that. So I get asked a lot, like, how do I deal with the haters and the trolls? And so I guess, how do you, how do you do that? Ooh, deal with the haters and the trolls. Um, honestly, it's become a non-issue for me because they're the, the haters and the trolls end up being like an after effect of you paying attention to the wrong things. And so what you almost have to do is figure out why are you looking at the wrong things? Why are you needing the approval and, um, uh, yeah, the approval online from Twitter or Instagram? Why do you need everybody to like it? Why do you need everything to be positive? Uh, because it turns out you don't actually understand your own self-worth and you're putting it in everybody else's hands. And that there is the lesson. The trolls and the haters online don't actually matter. They're there in front of you because you're looking for them. And so one of the hardest lessons that I learned in life is that everything is a choice. I mean, everything is a choice. You can choose to change it or you can choose to stay in it. And one's harder than the other maybe, but you can always change your, your energy, your flow, your place, your where you are, your state of mind if you just try. Is it easy? God, no. Does it take therapy? And yes. Does it take practice every day? Yes. It is, it is genuinely a practice. For me, one of the biggest things that changed my life was about three years ago. Um, I was on tour and I was miserable and I didn't know why. It was the last tour that I did. And I would wake up and cry and I would cry going to sleep and I had no reason to be so upset. And my own energy became toxic. I became hypersensitive. I was not myself. And I eventually got a prescription for lorazepam, which I've never had to take any medication before um, like that. And I looked at this little orange bottle, which for me has such a significance because I would watch these movies as a kid, these American movies with these orange bottles and be like, that's ridiculous, kids taking pills. And I looked at it and I was like, no, no, I can't do this. This is, I am not that person. Started therapy, started life coaching sessions, started um, learning meditation uh, and started doing this while on tour, knowing that if I didn't do this while stuck in this bubble with other people, I was going to explode in this toxic bomb. And it wasn't anyone else's fault but mine because I wasn't processing my emotions of shit over the years that I wasn't, I wasn't understanding and recognizing triggers for me or where I'd really come from. We're so good at putting things on the back burner being like, I'm good. Let's keep moving. Uh, and it ends up that that's just not the case because you just keep piling it up and one day it will crush you. And that was that moment. And because there was so much shit backed up in there, I couldn't figure out what it was. You know, the thing I was thinking about was essentially the straw that broke the camel's back. It wasn't the main issue. 
and so there began my journey of going back and understanding and therapy and then talking about things that I never even realized were an issue. And this only happens if you commit to the process and doing the work. It only happens if you commit and you, you do the really hard thing of going to the dark place that you shut out because the only way you're going to, to get, turn the light on in that room is to actually walk into it and find the switch, you know, and it's, it's terrifying, uh, but it's something that we, that everybody should be doing. It doesn't matter if you grew up in the Brady Bunch, you have triggers, you know, everybody does, everybody needs therapy. It's made me a better communicator. It's made me more creative. I don't even look at the comments on half of my stuff anymore. And if I do, it's to interact with some people that are putting out a positive message. Uh, every now and then I get caught up and I see something that fires me up and I feel like I just want to serve them justice, but I try and walk <laughs> away because it does not help anybody. Uh, and so it's, I now do a gratitude practice every morning, most mornings, sometimes, sometimes I don't. I make sure I wake up, I take time for myself before I look at my phone, before I see anything that anyone else needs from me. I wake up, I do my gratitude practice, I walk my dogs, I focus on the things that I need to do for the day and then I'll open up my phone. Now I already know what it is that I need for me and then I can let other people's things into my world. And I also do regular therapy uh, not quite once a week at the moment, maybe once every two weeks. And I just gauge it by what I feel like I need, but I know even if I don't think I need it, I, I do. And so it's that choice to make time for it. It was a very long winded answer. I'm so sorry. No, it was fantastic. Oh, that was yeah. very inspiring. Like, that, that, that was my I'm therapy inspired. session today. Like, oh, thank you. That was incredible. <laughs> That was insane. Like I had, I'm going to re-listen to that and write yeah. things down as I go. I loved, so I, I love that idea of not letting the needs of other people in your life right in the morning. Cause I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm the first, I'm, I'll roll over in the morning, check my phone, scroll, check emails, Twitter. Like, you know, I do that and I know it's bad for me. Like I know it's bad for me and I need it. That's something I need to change because I love that idea of like taking time for yourself and especially first thing in the morning figuring out what you need, you know, write a list, whatever, and then opening the phone. I love that idea. I need to start doing that for sure. So that's a practice I need to do. Yeah. The, you'll be so shook at how hard it is too, because it's an addiction. Mm -hmm. We're addicted to it. That, that constant flow of feedback. It's, it's that um, instant gratification in, in that sense of just something entertaining is but what you're doing is now focusing on what everyone else is doing creating being and saying instead of what you want to do create be and say and so now you're putting all of their shit above your own and you've mm. already started your day backwards and it changed my life but it was it was really hard because it's yeah. habit. roll over grab the phone you know yeah this is great this is exactly what i wanted this podcast to be like the whole thing as a general like i think this will help a lot of people like i think that's fantastic like i think that some of the things you said in that will help a lot of the listeners. And I like your, the quote you just said, like walk into that dark room and find the switch. Like that's, that is powerful. I love that. Thank you. That's pretty cool. it's, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's great. But it feels like, cause I, I say it cause I'm a very visual person. So sometimes mm-hmm. most people are though, I think, yeah. These things. And that was one of my, my visualizations in a sense, like, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I'm glad it resonated with you. No, it did. Yeah, absolutely. Going into the new season, are you going to bring the red hair back? <laughs> I'm so torn actually like i, I you won with the red hair right you won with that right 
Did you I won with the red hair, but I also had it for like six years. And yeah. I love the red hair. Don't get me wrong. It was actually Noah Galloway season is when it started. But I feel like I've grown so much from that. And that even though I love it again, it makes me stand out. It's super awesome. It's um, very striking. I kind of feel like this is more me now, you know, it's, it's for whatever reason, I'm naturally blonde as well. So this, it just feels good to me. I'll probably for sure keep the pink in it. I'm yeah. always going to want something different, but it's an interesting thing, right? Cause it, of all the work I've done on knowing myself and who I am and whatnot, when I got picked back up for dancing with the stars, I had this instant anxiety of like, I'm going to have to go back to red hair because that's, that's how people like to see me. Like that's, that's what I should be for that show. And so all of a sudden I'm putting all those other things ahead of what I actually prefer now. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think I want to stay blonde. The only other thing is strategically, everybody's blonde. <laughs> all people's blonde. <laughs> I don't want to get lost in the same blonde. So, the, red, the red hair was very polarizing. I know. I mean, I look at photos of it and I still love it. Um, but I also really love the blonde and the pink. Yeah, as I say, yeah. do I, yeah, do what you. That's crazy. The fact that it just brought your anxiety to have to go back to red. I think that's your answer right there. Like, yeah. yeah, then it's not red. Yeah, triggering. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. Let me, let me sit with this for a second. This feels <laughs> weird. Like I'm even at day one, and I'm giving myself anxiety. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, but yeah, so I, I think in that sense, I'll probably stay with the blonde and pink. The pink looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Excited now! I'm soup now. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know what to I'm tell re- Caitlin. Do I do I vote, do I vote for Sharna or do I vote for Caitlin? I don't know what to do. I'm really, <laughs> yeah, I'm really bummed because like yeah, with you know both of you guys being friends of mine, like now it's like damn, I want to go out to LA. I know. I know. No, we can't. You come out here, we wouldn't be able to see you anyway. So that's oh, I know. Bad. Yeah. Super. Bummed. We've all got to do the right thing, uh, and I think everyone will because. Here's the thing. If, if one of us or one of anyone in the cast or crew decides that, you know, they're, yeah, 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 I'll abide by the rules, but really not you know, at mm-hmm. some point or not to be super careful in, in what they're doing, where they're going. If you walk in there and you accidentally give it to someone because they touch something that you touch, you're about to take down an entire show and it's a oh, live show. Yeah. So like how shitty if we get to week six and then everything gets shut down because people weren't being safe. I mean, they've got so many precautions, like uh, safety precautions and rules that we have to abide by will be so fine. Um, But yeah, I think it's also everyone's so excited to be back. So excited to be working in this climate too, that everyone's just like, yep, whatever you need me to do, I will be in lockdown in my house. And you know, (laughs) like we're going to do this. So we're all on board. Good. Yeah, I, yeah. God, you're right. I hope it doesn't get shut down. That'd be horrible because you're right. It's live. So you can't like push it back a week, push it back two weeks. Like you, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh man, that'd be brutal. God, I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. It won't. Again, like they've, we've got to have the proper meeting of all the rules and, and protocols, but it's like, it's, it's amazing how they've come up with this strategy and what they're going to do. It's even like flows of traffic. So you never pass people. Like it's, it's a whole thing. Wow. It's brilliant the way they've done it so they can keep us in the ballroom because also that's what people love watching too about the show. Mm. It'd be weird if we were all just in our own homes or hotels dancing. So they've made, come up with this very incredible airtight plan and I'm, I'm really proud of them for it too and stoked. I'm pumped. I'm excited for the season. Um, when is it premiere? 14th of September. 14th of September. Okay. 
everybody will be watching. That's awesome. I'm pumped. And something yeah. else to watch now because I've been bored out of my damn mind. So, <laughs> no, <I really> like <laughs> no, yeah. Well, awesome, Sharna. Thank you so much for yeah, joining us. Um, yeah. And before we head out, where can people find you on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff? You can find me everywhere, pretty much. Uh, Instagram and Twitter is at Shauna Burgess. Facebook is real Shauna Burgess. TikTok, if that is even still a thing, is <laughs> at Shauna Burgess. Okay. Uh, and YouTube, Shauna Burgess official, I think. Awesome. There you go. Everybody. Cool. Everybody go check her out and uh, definitely watch her this season, uh, premiering September 14th. Yeah. yeah. Best cool. of luck. Yeah, good Hopefully luck. Next, we you. have you on that. Next time we have you on, maybe it'll be back to back for you. Yeah, be holding that mirror ball. You don't. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> let's, let's do that. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Instagram at Behind the Rose Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, like, and give us all five of those damn stars. Behind the Rose is recorded on site at the world famous Grizzly Rose or wherever we happen to be. See you next time, Behind the Rose.